Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Metroscope, an Intercom Portland Public Affairs program. I'm Preston Highfield. We are pleased to welcome in this time Akasha Lawrence Spence, who founded the firm Fifth Element. Today, Akasha will be discussing her involvement in Design Week Portland coming up this April 6th through the 13th, specifically an event titled Who Gets to Decide, where she will work with students at MLK Junior Elementary School about the growing needs of the students and those in the community. Welcome in. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Preston. Thanks for having me. Great to have you as our second guest who will partake in Design Week Portland coming up. Uh, we're excited to discuss what you're going to be doing there. So your fifth element, uh, your firm fifth element is a conscientious real estate development firm that aims to rectify systemic wealth inequity by positioning underrepresented and marginalized peoples at the forefront of economic development in their communities. That's a mouthful, but yeah. it's very eloquent. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's very important, right? It's as we look across Portland right now, we see a lot of cranes in the sky and we see a lot of development happening. But usually that development is happening to us and not with us. And so what happens is, as you see on Williams and other corridors in the north and northeast, is that a lot of that development is just trying to attract um, different people and different emerging communities, which is great. You know, we want ec economic growth in our city. However, there needs to be a commingling of existing uh, needs with emerging needs and emerging communities. And so oftentimes what has happens, as we have seen in the history of Portland, um, communities of color, specifically the black community, um, if you are familiar with the history of Albina and the Vampor and things like that, you see that there's been a lot of displacement of communities of color. And when it's convenient for a development, such as the Moda Center and the Rose Quarter, as we see it today. And so positioning these people at the forefront of um, design, these communities, communities that I'm a part of at the forefront of design and development in their own communities and giving them an opportunity to own the means of production in their in their neighborhoods, right? To go mm -hmm. into a store and see yourself reflected, to um, be able to offer jobs um, to the people that you've grown up with, to be able to quell uh, recidivism by being able to say, yeah, you have a felony on your record, but that's not so important because I know your family. I know where you're from. I know where you're coming from. I know who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. And being able to have the dollar circulate in these communities, not one, not two, but five, 10, 15 times, you know, and that's important to having a community be truly sustainable. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, those are, those are all very good points. You mentioned some of the um, happenings in, in years past in the Portland area that you were kind of referring to. And I know we talked briefly before this interview, you grew up in Brooklyn. So talk to us a bit, if you could, just about your uh, background, who you are, and kind of uh, clearly you are, are uh, very passionate about uh, an important subject here and just kind of how that all came to be uh, because of uh, your background and where you're from and kind of what you've seen over the years and places that you've lived. Yeah. Um, growing up in Brooklyn, Brooklyn is a place that, or New York City in general, is a place that is full of diasporas, right? I myself am a first-generation American. My parents came to this country in search of a better life, right? And 
you know, Brooklyn is no different than, you know, having the Chinatown in Manhattan. You have one in Brooklyn. You have uh, the largest population of Jewish people outside of Israel in Brooklyn, the largest population of Caribbean people outside of the Caribbean in Brooklyn, you know, and it goes on and on. And so Brooklyn had its own identity. And I would go abroad, you know, and people would say, where are you from? And friends and colleagues would be like, oh, we're from the States. And I'd say, I'm from Brooklyn, you know, because it has such it had had and it always has such an identity. And now to see that co-opted by this kind of um, hipster identity, you see a lot of people thinking Brooklyn and then they think hipster and it's synonymous. But it's Mm -hmm. like that's a very recent um, demographic that has come to Brooklyn and they're in a very small community. They're not truly representative of the cultural diversity in Brooklyn and the people who have been there and made it a place that is desirable. And what happens, like you see in Portland now, is that oftentimes when it's us, when it's people of color, when it's immigrant communities that are making this place a place that is valuable, investors don't see it as value, valuable, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's real estate 101, right? You have staring, you have redlining, you have all of these um, systemic uh, policies that lead to gross inequity. And so all of a sudden, a new subset comes in, a new demographic comes in, and all of a sudden it's deemed valuable, and all of a sudden it's cool and it's hip to live in Brooklyn. And it's like... Well, that's cool. There's there's always room for more people and you should definitely come in and join the culture, but don't try to co-opt it. Don't try to erase it because that's what happens is you have a lot of erasure. I've seen that a lot in Portland. Even when I was moving here, people who are from the Pacific Northwest said, oh, there are no black people in Portland. And that's ridiculous. There's a long history of a- African-Americans c- coming to Portland for centuries, right? Mm-hmm. And so having this erasure is unacceptable. And it will continue until people and developers kind of look to existing communities and think about the cultural context and the urban fabric of a city, of a municipality, of a community before they try to do any kind of development. You have to be make it a collaborative process. Put more seats at the table, mm-hmm. you know. And this is Akasha Lawrence Spence joining us on Metroscope. Uh, excited to have her on. She'll be uh, participating in an event uh, that has been titled Who Gets to Decide, which is part of Design Week Portland. It's located at MLK Junior Elementary School, which is in Northeast Portland. The event is happening April 12th from noon to 5.30 p.m., open to the public from 3.15 on, I believe, if I have that info correct. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, talk to us a, a bit about the event and what people who want to participate uh, should expect. Right. So Fifth Element's founding question is who gets to decide, right? We're thinking about, again, looking at development and how it happens. You know, growing up, you see buildings kind of as congruent to trees. It's like it's just a given, right? It just exists. But you don't understand how it got, came to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's sort of this this class that I've done with these kids is kind of demystifying how buildings and entities and urban development happens. Right. It's saying that, no, this is not just a given. This is somebody's vision. This is somebody has a pen and a paper and a pad just as you do. And they draw it down. They look at the site. They look at what's happening there and they draw it. They say, oh, there's land here and there's nothing happening here. So what can we put there? And they literally draw, you know, floor plans and they draw building models and and they create building models. And so it's giving these tools to these children and saying, this is tangible. This is within your reach. Mm -hmm. You have an opportunity to look at your educational ecosystem that is the the land and the school that's around uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Public School 
in Northeast Portland and say, well, what do you like about this? What don't you like? What would you like introduced? You know, and they have amazing answers. And Mm -hmm. um, it's really exciting to be able to have this opportunity. KS Mocha, I have the opportunity through KS Mocha. KS Mocha is the King School Museum of Contemporary Art. It is the an art project created as a museum in the school by two professors at PSU, Mm -hmm. Lisa Jarrett and Harold Fletcher. Um, It's over four years old now, and they bring artists from all over the world and expose the children there to um, the arts, practice as artists, as photographers, as designers, as technologists, um, as curators. And they really bring together the concepts of art and social practice and how we can bring those two together and how we can have art reflect ourselves and our identities as well as our hopes and dreams and the things that the alternatives that we see and want for our communities. And so this course is giving, again, the kids this understanding that there's nothing out of your reach. This is all accessible. This is all tangible. This is something that you can affect change in. You can decide how your neighborhood looks, what are the resources that are there to support you and to support your older sisters. You know, elementary school is K through five, K mm-hmm. through fifth grade, right? Mm-hmm. That's five to 10 years old. That is a snapshot in their lifespan. So this project is looking at, well, how can this KS Mocha as its own entity, as its own building, become a resource for these kids throughout their life, right? As they go on to junior high, high school and university, right? And come back and raise families potentially, right? Mm -hmm. And how can it be a resource for older people, right? Like people our age in their in their 30s. I don't know how old you are. 25, (laughs) but yeah, it's all good. Uh, I just turned 30, so everybody's 30 uh, to me now. (laughs) You know, most people Um, think I'm like 22, so, you know, I gotta gotta grow my beard out and look like I'm 30, but... Well, you're clean shaven now, Uh, uh, so I'm sorry, (laughs) I apologize. Oh, no, it's all Um, good. But how it can be a beacon to the larger community, right? And how it can really be a resource to not just be about our practice, but how it can potentially quell things like housing insecurity and food insecurity and homelessness and really have the kids contemplate these larger questions of what is it that buildings and urban planning is really meant to do and Mm -hmm. how they can be a part of that. I, I love how passionate you are about this. I really commend you for for this uh, important topic. So is that kind of the organization who you work with, KS Mocha? I was looking on their website a bit. So to, to kind of make this event happen through Design Week Portland, uh, you're, I believe the students are fourth and fifth grade or the majority of the mm-hmm. students who you're mm-hmm. speaking with or working with. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, can you talk to us a little bit about kind of like the logistics behind this and how the event uh, will come to fruition and the, the groups that you're working with? Yeah, so... Um we originally started with a group of a larger group, but it's an after-school program. I meet with them um, one and a half hours on Tuesday and Thursday, so that's three hours a week, which is not a lot of time. But mm-hmm. we've been meeting since January, and you know, I've been taking them through professional practice of architecture, so de- design phases, you know, from concepting to uh, building models and understanding what that all means. They're learning elevations and learning how to read plans and things like that, which can be sometimes difficult for people who are even adults, you know, and thinking about, um, thinking really spatially, right? How will Mm -hmm. this interact with the existing buildings around the school and in that environment, right? And also thinking about the interior architecture, like what are the the things that we need to support the programs that you want to see? They they really have this... um, need to have better food at school 
um, that was one of the things that they really latched on to. Frozen corn dogs aren't yeah, doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, uh. what, what really happens is a lot of times the food is very he- heavy on the carb side. Mm. And so I don't know what happens when you eat a pizza or macaroni and cheese or something, but mm-hmm. you tend to get a case of the doldrums, right? Mm-hmm. You tend to feel a little tired. Mm-hmm. You know, you're moving a little mm-hmm. slower. Everything feels like a, t- a chore, right? Mm-hmm. And they want to be here and involved in school and they're excited about being there. So they want better food. You know, at my program, I bring them like fruit cups that I make at home, like from scratch, like tangelos and Mm. grapes and apples and bring that for them because it's better than the food that they're getting in the evening. You know, and that's that's not on the school. That's Mm. on the larger PPS logistics and, you know, Mm. things that they have no control over, but helping Mm -hmm. them to gain control over what they want to eat. They they make requests to me now, you Mm -hmm. know, so they want things like that and they see it as a possibility for what they're designing in this new building. They, mm-hmm. they they get to see a reflection of their needs and their desires and the things that they're interested in. They're also very interested in science and craft and they want to be able to laser cut and do have like maker spaces. You know, they might mm-hmm. not say it in those words, but they have, they're creating these spaces where they, they're able to make and do with their hands because they enjoy that part of school the most, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, yeah, um, KS Mocha has been, they are the ones who support this mm-hmm. program. They work with PSU because PSU is sort of the docent of the program. So mm-hmm. they help with the funding and they are um, Roz Cruz, again, Lisa Jarrett and Harold Fletcher. They make it possible um, that I have this space and that they, they, they interface with the school and the school's leadership. Um, Jill Sage is the principal there and she really helps to make this possible. She supports these programs. You have to have leadership in these schools, administrators mm-hmm. who really support this program and the SUN program as well which I believe is run by SEI, also supports this program. So there are a number of people who are making this happen and kind of supporting me and supporting the kids, regardless of whether I'm there or not, Mm -hmm. you know, um, they're always there and they help to make this course possible. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for that information. This is Akasha Lawrence Spence uh, joining us. The event Who Gets to Decide is coming up April 12th. Noon to 5.30 p.m., open to the public from 3.15 on. It's at Martin Luther King Jr. Elementary School. I think it's a really cool concept, and I wonder what kind of uh, feedback you were alluding to it there a bit, but that you get with, with the students who are, at, you know, they're at a, at a very young age. They're obviously impressionable um, due to their surroundings and their and their age, you know, what their parents think. They might largely be a reflection of that at that age. I'm not a psychology expert, but I would imagine, you know, I can just speak for personal experience. That's how it was for me, and I imagine for uh, a lot of young kids as well. So what's it like working with those fourth and fifth grade students? What kind of feedback are they giving you with regards to, oh, man, I think this would be great for the school, and how are you kind of seeing that come to fruition? These kids are these it's three young girls that I'm working with primarily, okay. and they are highly opinionated. They, I, I honestly don't believe that they're as they're feeding off of their parents as much as maybe okay. you and I did. Okay, I really believe that because of the internet, mm-hmm. you know, and because mm-hmm. of their exposure to you know these artists coming in from around the world, and really all of the work that KS Milka has been able to expose them to they're really able to form their own opinions yes they still see their their moms and dads as their heroes and people that they look up to but they're really formulating their own sense of who they are and who they want to be in the world you know and um they often ask questions like 
well, is this really going to happen? Is this really going to get built? This, these models that we're making, can we actually do this? Like, can we actually build this in the space? And I said, well, hopefully we'll try to get that done and see what happens with it. But this is the first step, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's part of the process, right? I think also they are, they never want to leave. They're always like, we want to keep working. Why do we have to go? I wish we could do this during the day. And, you know, mm-hmm. they're very excited about that. Um, I think that they... Also, I asked them, I said, do, you, do any of you want to be architects when you grow up? And they're like, we don't know yet. We're still deciding. You know, they mm-hmm. have this real understanding that there's so much of the world that they haven't seen because they're being exposed to new things consistently that they know that there's there's so much that they don't know, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so they're, they're very just curious and nothing is set in stone for them. They, I, I remember when I was their age, somebody would ask me what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I said, I'm going to be a cardiologist, you know, because mm-hmm. you felt like these were the things that you knew and these are the things that you know, you could be, mm-hmm. but for them, I really believe that they see that anything is possible mm-hmm. and that they are willing to keep learning and growing and exploring because they're like, well, I don't even know what else there is. And mm-hmm. maybe I'll want to do something that I've never heard of yet. And so I'm not going to, I'm not going to make a definitive answer. I'm not going to tell you anything, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that you think you're going to hold me to, you know? Yeah. So that's yeah. a knowledgeable opinion in itself to know that you don't know, exactly. you know? Uh, and what, what is the, kind of curriculum like what are the projects like um, when you work with them i mean take us inside maybe a meeting or for example or something what what are you guys what are you guys doing how are you getting these uh eloquent answers knowledgeable answers out of these young kids in architectural design in interior design um there are phases of design where you start with programming so you ask them what what do you like about your school what don't you like Mm -hmm. what do you wish you had you know, and, and they start to give you these answers. Or I took them, I, the first meeting we had, I asked them, what's the name of the neighborhood that you're in? Mm-hmm. And do you know that Portland is divided into four quadrants? And that, why do, we, why do we call it the Bridge City? What is Portland famous for? And, you know, you get these answers out of them and you, you see where they, where they are. And if they don't know, I don't just tell them. I say, well, let's look it up. Let's, mm-hmm. look, let's go on the computer and let's figure it out, you mm-hmm. know? Help, helping them, giving them the tools to discover and to create and having them think about their neighborhood in the context of Portland in general, you know, because at their age, they're doing a lot of homeschool home, <laughs> you mm, know. Yeah. And so getting them to think more broadly mm-hmm. and think of like pulling out a map, like printing out a map and posting that up and saying, where are you? Can you point it out? You know, mm-hmm. and drawing on those things. And they have their own sketchbook. So, uh, you know, sketching out the the school site plan. Right. Mm-hmm. And then saying, well, Let's sketch where your building would go and how it would fit. And like, well, if you do that, what happens to the trees and where would the playground go and all of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I created a syllabus where, you know, because coming out of university, you think about creating a syllabus for this plan and thinking about, well, you learn these skills and now you get hired for this project because we like your ideas. Mm-hmm. So you put down your ideas, you put down your programming. It's kind of like a proposal. Let's see what you pr- you're proposing for this building. And if we like it, then we hire you. So they all got hired as architects. I've dubbed them architects. You're now architects, right? I, and- I bet you are their hero. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They like me. <laughs> they do like me. But um, yeah, so it's like it's, it's really um, like a studio, like a design studio. They're coming in, they're drawing, they get their material. They know what they have to do. They're very responsible, responsible for themselves. You know, they call me and ask me, it's like, I'm, I'm thinking about this. How do you feel about that? Like, I want to put it in a second floor. I want to do this. How can I just like draw that out? Figure it out. Let's let's do it together. You, it's really about them um, learning these tools and being able to 
develop them and use the creative process to f- to sort through their ideas and the things that they want to see. Mm-hmm. So give us something that has inspired you throughout this project in terms of uh, student feedback and what they've either, you know, proposed uh, or maybe it was just an interaction that you saw. Um, yeah. What has kind of inspired you most from this whole project that you've been putting on? So one of the things that really inspires me um so in my own personal life, I really just went through uh, a large upheaval. My mm-hmm. mother passed away very suddenly at the end oh. of 2017. And I've been doing a lot of searching, you know, and a lot of thinking about, well, what is my impact going to be? And who am I as a person without my mom? You know, like I'm an, I grew up as an only child. So my mom, I've, I've always seen myself as, defined myself as Eve's daughter. Her name was Eve Spence, right? So like I'm Eve's daughter. And who am I if I'm not that, you know? And what I'm, what I, one of the girls, she's very quiet and very reflective and she only speaks when she wants to. And she's very, um, she's very thoughtful. And I think they're all very thoughtful and they're really, they're very much themselves. This is, there's been uh, studies and you've seen it in like Dove commercials or what have you, that young girls um, under 12 are very, they know who they are and they're unapologetic. And it's puberty that kind of messes us up a little bit of it, you know, mm. messes with all of us, you mm-hmm. know, but they know who they are. They're very, they, they really impress me with, you know, their willingness to show up and their willingness to say, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here. I'm not able to perform today. You know, I'm not feeling my best. I'm going to stay here and I'm going to do what I want today. I'm not really going to deal with what you want me to do today. <laughs> and that's okay. You know, they, they're really their own people. I mean, uh-huh. you one of the things that we we underestimate about children sometimes is their capacity for understanding, their capacity to for agency and autonomy. And they have it all, you know? It's not something that you learn. It's it's truly I'm realizing that it's something that we unlearn, mm-hmm. you know, that we allow um we project onto ourselves the the things that society tells us we should be and then that kind of screws us up. But where they are right now is sort of a sweet spot mm. and they kind of get it and they're just themselves and they're just unapologetic you know with it and and that inspires me i do want to say that um coming to the event because design week portland is amazing it's an amazing community um and giving these children the opportunity to be a part of it and remind the design community that whenever we design we're designing for these stakeholders of tomorrow the next generation and to keep keep it at the forefront that it's not just about us right now we're designing for the future right Mm -hmm. we're designing for those who will inherit the city. And I think these kids in their um, exhibit, when you come to the exhibit, they're going to be there and they're going to walk you through their design process and walk you through what it is that they've created and why it's important to to think this way and to think collaboratively and to bring unexpected stakeholders to the table. So for the next steps, I think truly KS Mocha wants to have their own space, their own building so that they can expand um, their reach, right, to the larger community so that they can really, you know, you can't bring everybody into the school building. And again, the children themselves will age out of the program. So it's really about, you know, maybe there'll be um, room for collaboration with, an, with some p- investors and people who, and the community and crowdsourcing the money and figuring out how to really create the center for community engagement, art practice, places for people to gather and play and to really come together and to learn and to think about how they can affect change in their own city, how they're Mm -hmm. responsible and how we can also hold 
our elected officials responsible to come to, and private industry responsible to us mm-hmm. as the citizens of the city, as the people who inherit the things that the policies that they create and the 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 consequences, good or bad, that come of those policies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's all of that. Awesome. Well, we appreciate uh, what you're doing, not only for those students in that community, but also the city of Portland in general. We could talk for probably another 30 (laughs) minutes. I know you could probably talk for (laughs) hours on this, clearly, but thanks for stopping by. Thanks for coming in. Best of luck with the event uh, on April 12th. And is there any other information? Does the public need to know anything else, or is that about it, April 12th at uh, the school? Yeah, they need to go to designportland.com, create an account, and uh, sign up for this event and others that you want to go to really plan your week because it can get overwhelming make sure that you're hitting all the places that you want to hit um design portland they do a great job at organizing and curating and helping to uh, make sure that these events are impactful and that people are showing up and that you get what you you get what you put in right Mm -hmm. so make sure that you go onto designportland.com you sign up you create an account you create your itinerary for what you want to see and the types of events you want to go to and uh, yeah, show up and come by and it, it'll it, I'm sure you'll you'll be so enriched by the whole week and the mm-hmm. whole process and, and meeting the kids and seeing all of the models that they've built. It's going to be amazing. So check out their website. You can Google it or just designportland.org. There's uh, an events tab there and there's. I don't know how many, but there seems, it seems like there's over 100. I mean, I was looking earlier, so and it many. took me a long time to scroll down the page. <laughs> yeah, I know that much. So, so uh, April 12th is your event, and uh, thanks for stopping by today. Thank you, Preston. I really appreciate it. Thanks for your time. We were talking today with Akasha Lawrence Spence, founder of the firm Fifth Element. Metroscope is an Intercom Portland Public Affairs program. I'm Preston Highfield. If you're involved with a nonprofit or public affairs organization, or if you have an idea for an upcoming show, I'd like to hear from you. Visit MetroscopePDX.com and submit your ideas. You can also go to this station's website and submit your information there. Thanks for listening to Metroscope and enjoy the rest of your weekend.